what people a lot of times don't think about is how much are you putting on the business credit card, mm. right? So you might see your bank account balance going up, but you're not thinking about the fact that you're running stuff through your credit card. And, and, and so you're not really getting that holistic look at the health of your business. And that can really make uh, give you a false sense of security on the financial health of your business. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I am so excited for you to learn from my friend, Michael King, who is a financial whiz in the business world. I'm not even kidding. Like I brought him on with one specific mission, and that is this. My goal with this show is to make it the one-stop episode for every single one of you, every single entrepreneur, to feel more confident with their numbers, to eliminate fear around your numbers, to eliminate shame around not knowing your numbers or not knowing what a P&L is or you know, to teach you what the core four numbers are that every single one of you needs to know at every time in your business. Guys, I know that this can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. And that's what I love about Michael. He makes it simple. He makes it so that you're empowered to know your numbers. And when you're empowered, you become more confident. When you're more confident, you make more money. And isn't that the goal here? And so I asked a big favor of him. He's actually a member of our elite level mastermind. That's how I've gotten to know him. And he has worked with so many people in that mastermind, helping to clarify their numbers, streamline their numbers, make them more profitable, make them more confident. And I asked him if he'd be willing to come on and do that for you. He's been, listen, Michael is that guy that is a lifelong learner. And he decided making numbers the thing that he wanted to learn the most. Because after serving in the Navy for 11 years, he got into the business world. And he too right away was overwhelmed, just like you might be, by all the fancy finance and accounting jargon. And honestly, it seemed like nobody could explain it to him in like regular people words. And so he made that his mission to crack the code of financing and accounting and to explain it and teach it in regular people words like I need and like most of you need. So listen, we're going to have conversations about your core four numbers. We're going to teach you what a simple cash flow process should look like as an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about how knowing your numbers instead of hiding from them will make you more confident, therefore make you more money. And we're going to talk about how to work giving into your business model responsibly so you don't hurt yourself. But most of all, like I said, my goal here is to simply eliminate fear and shame of not understanding the numbers behind your business. And this episode accomplishes that. And by the way, if you want to be in one of our masterminds, we're enrolling our Fast Foundations Worldwide famous mastermind, the one for anyone who's making under $500,000 right now. And we've taken it straight virtual. And when we've taken a straight virtual, that means a few cool things for you. That means that there's no more leaving your family in order to come to the mastermind. That means that you don't have to spend money on plane tickets anymore. That means you don't have to spend money on hotel rooms anymore. Now more people can do it because you don't have those barriers of entry anymore. We've also up-leveled the guests that teach at Fast Foundations. We're now actually having elite level mastermind level guests teach Fast Foundations level because it's easier to get them. They can teach from New York. They can teach from Oregon. They can teach from Florida. They can teach from wherever. And so it's easier to get them to teach you. So you're getting even more up-leveled 
teachers to come and teach you in Fast Foundations now. We've mastered the art of getting you guys to connect and collaborate with each other online and help each other in your businesses. We've extended it from five months to six. We, it's literally still the only mastermind that comes with free one-on-one coaching. We assign you to a coach and you get that coach to coach you one-on-one for all six months of this mastermind. Guys, there's nothing else out there like it for anyone who has a business making less than 500 grand and wants to get over that hump. So if you're making 50 grand a year, you want to get over that hump, no problem. Make it 100 grand, want to get over that hump, no problem. We teach you how to get over that half million dollar hump. Now, there's a really cool way that we're launching this thing. Here's how we're launching it. We only want serious people who are serious about working on their business during this crazy, distracting COVID year. And so we're segmenting people out by driving them to a special VIP text list. And that special VIP text list, they are going to get 24 hours head start before the rest of the world knows that we've opened enrollment. And they're going to get an extra $750 off that nobody else off of this list will get. And here's why. We only want the serious committed in this mastermind because those are the individuals that you want to collaborate with. So yeah, we've got a quarter million people on our email lists. Yes, each Lori and I have a quarter million each on our Instagram. Yes, if you add up our podcast numbers, we've got millions of downloads and listeners. And all of them are going to find out that we opened cart. But not until the people on this list get 24 hours secretly to claim the spots. Now, if I'm being frank, it's not even going to reach the real world, I don't think. I think this list is going to sell out in that 24 hours because they're getting that extra $750 off. And by the way, we have slashed the investment for the mastermind in half because we took it virtual because we no longer have those in-person costs. So if you want to be on our VIP list, please do not do this unless you're serious about saying, yes, this is for me and I, I want to be the first to find out. But if you want to be on our VIP list in order to get some of the spots that are remaining, text the word FAST to me at 310-421-0416. Again, just the word FAST, nothing else. Text me the word FAST at 310-421-0416. And you will get your 24 hours to use your $750 coupon before anybody else gets to enroll. 55% of the last round's members renewed. That gives you an idea of how effective this thing is. And it also gives you an idea of how few spots are going to be available. So if you want a shot at being on this list, you got to, or, or at getting one spots, you got to be on this list. Text me the word fast. 310-421-0416. I can't wait to see who gets into this thing. It's going to be like a fun competition. All right, get ready. Because if you've ever had fear around numbers, if you've ever had uncertainty around the P&L, the cash flow, if you still have one account that everything goes into and you don't know if it's good, bad, or about to run out, then this is the episode that will finally make you feel comfortable around your numbers with my friend, Michael King. Mr. Michael King, the financial genius, and most importantly, my friend, how you doing? Chris, if I was doing any better, my name would be Chris Harder. <laughs> I'll take that today. I'll take that. <laughs> okay, listen, I'm really stoked for this episode. One, just because I know you so well. Two, because I know how valuable it's going to be to every single person who has fear around their finances, fear around their numbers as an entrepreneur. It keeps people up at night and it doesn't have to. And the way that you have made it comfortable for me, for our shared clients, for my friends, is insane. It's literally like your magic touch. So this might be the episode of all the ones that we've ever done. For some people, that's the most important episode ever. So you ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. All right. So I always start with rapid fire. 
And it's a fun way for everyone to get to know you and who you are and what you represent. And something good comes up, we'll circle back around and dive in. The first one is really easy. First one is this. Where'd you grow up? Pensacola, Florida. And where do you live now? I live in a suburb just outside of Dallas, Texas. Very cool. What's your favorite quote? I don't know who to attribute this to. Maybe I'll call dibs on it, although it wasn't me, but it's adapt, improvise, and overcome. Ah, I love that. Good. We're we're in advice. a we're in a season of change right now. Woo-hoo. And I mean, really as entrepreneurs, we always are. Um, and, and when I find myself getting overwhelmed or stuck, you know, in something that comes up, uh, uh, one of my former bosses used to say it all the time. It was adapt, improvise, overcome. How do we adapt? How do we improvise? How do we overcome? And, and normally there's some kind of direction that comes uh, following that. Man, it's really good advice. What's your favorite book? Favorite book of all time, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Covey. It's, it's, a long, it's a long read, but I'll tell you what, it changed my life. And I don't exaggerate that at all. I used to have a 90-minute drive to work each way every day. So I started listening to audiobooks and I listened to seven habits, Chris, and like six of those seven habits, I was complete junk in. And so I said, man, I, I feel bad about this, right? And so then I started reading books on each of those habits and how I could get better. And that's what really kicked off my, I would say, you know, determine, depends on how you say, you know, does success, but that's what really changed my trajectory was when I read that and then got some direction on how to level up in every aspect of life. Man, that's so good. Everyone needs to read that if they haven't. What's one of your favorite accomplishments so far? You know, I was thinking about this before the call, Chris, and and I had a couple, but one that pops to mind, and we can dive into this later if you want to, is uh, I'm a few days away of hitting nine months with no alcohol. Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. Okay, yeah, we will come around and touch back on that. Congratulations, man. And you look great, by the way. Thanks. You look good too. <laughs> a couple more of these. Uh, well, I cannot say it's because of the lack of alcohol. So that's why okay. <laughs> I need to get on your bandwagon. All right. A couple more here. Um, sure. What is a recent act of generosity that you've done? You know, um, I was years ago, went through the process of, of getting certified to foster parent, right? To be a foster parent. Mm-hmm. It didn't pan out. But recently I was shopping with my fiance and we saw this lady in front of us and she's got like a ton of toddler clothes in this cart, right? And so uh, I just made some off-the-cuff commentary, you know, kind of joking with her about it. And she's like, yeah, I'm a foster mom. And this this particular child that, you know, this foster baby we've had just came back because all this horrible stuff happened with his mom. You know, it's the fourth time he's come back. And uh, and my fiance and I looked at each other and said, let's, let's buy those clothes for her. And so we did, you know, we just went to the register and said, hey, cover you know what that lady's got and uh i'll tell you what it changed it probably made her month you know when she saw that um but it's just it's just you know it's very minor thing for me but what a great reminder um to just know that it's small things that you can do like that just that real quick decision it didn't didn't impact my world at all but man just watching her face light up and in the 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 gratitude she had in that moment you know, I'd say, you know, if you haven't done something awesome for somebody, Dave, just buy them a cup of coffee or a tank of gas or something. What a great gift. And, and you never know what impact that'll have on somebody. Oh, man. I love that. I love you for doing that. And that's so true. There's no better feeling on our planet. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? You know, I've got, I've got some people in my life that really pour good, positive energy into me. My, my team, my peers, my customers, my fiance. Uh, it's such a game changer, you know, when you when you realize you've got positive people around. 
Uh, a lot of times when, for me anyway, when I find myself in a slump or I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time, I realize I got a bunch of crappy people around me, you know, and, and when you do a little detox like that and you make sure that you've got positive people, it can really change the game. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the amazing people that are in my life right now. Oh man, I love that. You got to surround yourself with the best. Okay. Uh, I want to dig a little bit deeper and I really Let's want go. to do it by framing what you do for the listeners from my perspective. Because okay. you don't know this, but we share a mutual client. I mean, you know that we share mutual clients, but you don't know that she said this to me. We share a mutual client. I won't name who. Uh, but she told me, she said, ever since she started working with you this year, that all of her financial uncertainty, which was really a big deal for her, and all of her fear has gone totally out the window. And that the way that you've just simplified forecasting so she knows what's coming up and cash flow, so she feels financially safe, and abundant. And it's changed everything. I mean, everything for her. And she can now picture herself hiring people, growing her agency larger. And like, it was the empowerment that she was missing to feel comfortable making those bold moves. And that is exactly what you do. It's why I wanted you to have you on today. Because people and a lot of our listeners think that dealing with you know, their CFO and dealing with their numbers, uh, that it's not Fun, that it's scary, that it's you know full of discomfort, and instead, it should be something that's empowering and propels you to have the confidence to take those next steps in your business. So, first question: Why? Right. Why do you think so many entrepreneurs are so damn afraid to look at and learn their numbers? Chris, <clears throat> earlier this year. I, I was uh, I had decided I wanted to lose some weight, right? Mm-hmm. Jeans were getting uncomfortable, all the things, and I didn't want to go step on the scale in the morning because I was afraid of what I'd see, right? And so I just avoided it. And I think that that same mindset a lot of times is what causes us as entrepreneurs to avoid the financials is we don't know what's there, but we know it's probably not good. You know, we think back to the the excess spending, we know, we think back to the giveaways, we, you know, because we're generous people and like, you know, and so I think a lot of it is just that it's this avoidance thing because we don't want to confront what's probably going to look us look back at us in the mirror. Man, that is one of the best analogies ever. By the way, I can feel you on the pants thing. I didn't put on structured pants, you know, nothing but shorts and sweatpants for like three months. And all of a sudden I had to put them on. I was so afraid to actually go put them on and see, oh boy, what kind of damage did I do? I think everybody is in the that COVID situation where they hadn't put pants on. You know what I mean? So that's a great analogy. If they think if they keep their head in the sand, if they don't look at it, then at least they don't have to face the music. But the truth is the music's there, it's going on and not looking at it is the scary part. Looking at it, even if it's not pleasant, is the reassuring, let's create a, a plan part. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. So why do you think that so many of them, outside of the fear of looking at it, are just flying by the seat of their pants? You know, I feel like hiring financial experts like yourself, I want you to picture a, a solopreneur and then someone who hires their first person, hires their second. All of a sudden, they've got a three, four-person, five-person team. The last thing they usually invest in is like a CFO for hire or a financial expert, right? They're always just kind of winging the bank account themselves. Why do you think such a large percentage are flying by the seat of their pants? Well, I, I think there's there's a couple of things that, that go on there. You know, I think back to uh, last November, I went to a Rachel Hollis event, 
right? There were 6,000 people there. I was one of about 20 males. <laughs> um, but she said, you know, hey, it was a business event, not one of her normal, you know, uh, other kinds of events that she does. But she said, hey, I want everyone in the room, and moment of honesty here, I want everybody in the room that doesn't know what their profitability was last year within a couple thousand bucks to stand up. And I bet two thirds of that 6,000 people stood up. Whoa. You know, and, and just through talking to people, because I mean, my ears perked up, you know, it's really, this is, I'm handing problem. out That's, business cards all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, but I went, I talked to me, I said, why is that? Why is it that you, you know, you don't know, yet you haven't done anything about it? And there were a couple common denominators, Chris. One of them was shame. Mm. They really felt ashamed that they had been in business for six months or six years or, or more, and they didn't know what their numbers were. They didn't understand. They didn't quite grasp the concepts. And they were ashamed to admit to, to somebody like me or you, hey, I need help with this. Can you kind of show me what's going on? But they were also ashamed to admit to themselves mm-hmm. that they didn't know what was going on. You know, it's, it's a lot like any other thing that we might need coaching or help on. Well, maybe it's weight loss, you know? I don't want to go tell somebody necessarily that, hey, I've, I've tried stuff and it just didn't work and I need help. You know, I feel like, why am I not smart enough to, to figure this out? So I think, I think shame, you know, whether it's internal facing or external facing is, is one of the big reasons why. The number two reason is I think a lot of us, Chris, and I've been guilty of this before, we think we can out earn the money. Oh, I've and totally I mean had by- that mentality. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and we did, I've done it in my personal life and I've done it in my business. And you know, you've just got to kind of check yourself. But we say like, you know what? I'm making $5,000, $50,000, $500,000 a month. I'm able to pay the bills every month. It's fine. Yep. And so you get this mentality, I can just out earn the irresponsibility. And we all, I mean, I don't want to use that bad word, but we all know it's irresponsible not to look at these things. Yeah. And so I think it's a combination of shame and you know, maybe thinking that, you know, if I can just get this extra client or, you know, I, I can out earn it or I'm doing great and I'm able to pay my bills so I can just ignore it. Dude, okay, your answers are so freaking good, by the way. Like this hits home for a long time, a lot of the ways that we thought. And when I, you know, you see this, some of the people I work with, it's the way that a lot of my clients think as well. And I know it's the way a lot of your clients think. So when you finally look under the hood, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see? Well, uh, there's a few. Number one is a mindset issue, and, and maybe we'll talk about mindset in a bit. Definitely. But this is a little bit different. One of the number one mistake I find is a mindset issue, and I know that's not kind of what you were getting at here, but it's important to highlight it. And that that mindset issue or that mindset mistake is that they're not smart enough to figure this stuff out. They're not a numbers person, and so I'm not going to do it. And I think that's a huge mistake. You know, I've, I'm I'm a data guy something like 60% of small business owners don't even have a college degree, wow. right? And, and so you look at a lot of these entrepreneurs, I mean, you've got your classic ones that dropped out of college to start you know, Facebook and stuff, but a lot of just small business owners like, like me or you don't even have degrees and they've done just fine. So yeah. I think that number one mistake is just that, that limiting belief that you're not a numbers person, you're not smart enough to do it. Um, the other one that I think kind of throws people off uh, is living month to month in the business and in, in, in bank account balance to bank account balance. And what I mean by that is um, you look in the bank and there's money there, 
But what people a lot of times don't think about is how much are you putting on the business credit card? Mm. Right. So you might see your bank account balance going up, but you're not thinking about the fact that you're running stuff through your credit card. And, and, and so you're not really getting that holistic look at the health of your business. And that can really make uh, give you a false sense of security on the financial health of your business. Dude, that makes so much sense. Um, and I think we're almost trained that way when we're solopreneurs and we're only making 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month. A lot of us are don't even have a, a business bank account at first, right? And then we finally get one. And we're, the way we're measuring it is, is there a good amount of money in there? Whatever you know, their financial thermostat thinks is a good amount of money. And they're not actually balancing things like accounts receivables, money that's coming your way, uh, upcoming bills, credit cards, that kind of thing. They're just looking and saying, yep, looks like there's a lot of money in there. And I know a lot of people that operate and then it becomes a habit. And then when, before you know it, congratulations, your business got a lot bigger, but you never changed that habit and you just wake up there one day. That's why I tell people, one of the other things I hear like Chris is, um, I'm too small to worry about this stuff right now. And, and I firmly believe if you can't manage a business that's doing $100 of revenue a month, you certainly can't manage a business that's doing $100,000 a month. Yep. And so I really encourage people, even if you're just kind of in that side hustle phase, still treat it like a business, still look at the numbers, be deliberate every single month because it's a discipline, it's a habit, it's something that you've got to build and... and you know, it, it'll that habit and that skill will mature as your business matures. So, you know, don't wait until you know have some X dollar revenue, you know, amount in your head to say now I'm going to start paying attention to those things because it, it'll it might be too late. Yeah, dude, that is such good advice. Okay, you mentioned that the first biggest mistake was mindset, and I know that you've created these actual like mindset archetypes, so to speak. But before I ask you about those. There is one question I'm dying to ask you, and that is, do you have any stories to like make this really real for us before we get into some of the things that people can do and should do? Do you have any stories about a client that you started working with that was headed for bankruptcy or disaster uh, until you stepped in? Hmm. Putting you on the well, spot. Well, we, we've, <laughs> you have. So we've been doing this for about four and a half years now, um, and, and we've had a few along the way, some of them. You know, the reality is you can lead a horse to water. Uh, and we've had some that came too late. We've had some that, uh, despite the best evidence, refused. But we've had a couple that were, that were some uh, pretty, pretty amazing turnaround stories. Um, in fact, you know, I, have, I had a podcast for a while. And you know, I, I re- different reasons turned down. But there's a ton of stories there. The entire podcast was around that. But from a client perspective specifically, um, you know, we, had a, we had a client that was going through, uh, they wanted to, to go through an IPO. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when investors started looking at them and when the auditors started looking at them, it was a complete nightmare because they had built this business with poor financial foundations. They hadn't been paying attention to uh, having the right systems in place, to managing cash flows. And when it came time to start having investors look at them, nobody was interested, despite the fact that they had a freaking amazing product. Probably great you sales, know, was, great everything, but their financials were a mess. It, it, was, it was absolutely crazy. You know, It was kind of a cash cow, but because their financials were such a mess, nobody wanted to touch them. And so they came and they said, hey, we have all these great ideas. We've got all this momentum, but now people are taking a look at us and they, they won't touch us with a 10-foot pole. And we can't grow without this investment. We've got these big goals. And so we spent a year with them Helping them get what we call these financial foundations for sustained success in place, 
in, in really building those things out, you know, jump ahead a year or 13 months later, IPOs complete, and these guys are kind of off to the races doing big things in the e-commerce world. So you know, this is this is a very real thing, but we, we see it with smaller clients too. I mean, it, you don't need to be worried about an IPO. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've had clients that were doing five and $10,000 a month that were having the same issues. There's just fewer zeros on the end of them. Same issue, fewer, fewer zeros. That's right. Is it easier to correct when you catch it early like that? Or is it easier to correct when there's tons of cash flow, tons of momentum, and you can make some bigger moves? You know, that's a great question. Um, I don't think that the number of zeros on the end determines how easy it is to correct. I think it's the humility of the owner. Mm, that's good. I mean, we, we can come in and untangle any mess, and it's just a matter of time usually to, to fix it. But when, when you have an owner that's not willing to say, there's a problem here, I've got, I've got room to grow, there's some things that I just don't know, and I've made some mistakes, that's really where the roadblock hits. They've got to set aside that ego or nothing's going to fix. Yeah. And it's, and it's normally nine times out of 10, an ego problem, not a business problem in my experience. Okay. What a great lead in talking about ego and financial mindset and all that. You've actually created because all the work you've done, all the studying that you and your team have done. And like you said, you're a data guy, right? So you love to like analyze and segment things. You've created three financial mindset types and we're all of us are one of these three. Is that right? Well, I, I think, you know, again, between my team and I, we've worked with literally hundreds of businesses now from pre-revenue startups, solopreneurs, all the way up to a Fortune 10 company. And, and we've seen some really good ones and we've seen some really bad ones along the way. But what we found, Chris, is that you know, across this spectrum, there's three mindsets that every successful entrepreneur we've worked with shares. Three mindsets. And so you want to dive into those yeah, and, and talk absolutely. about what those three mindsets are? Okay. Um, the first one is they own their numbers. And, and what I mean by that is uh, we see a lot of people that think that uh, they're, they say, again, I'm not a numbers person, I'm a creative, or I'm a, I'm a developer, or whatever. I don't like financials, I don't like looking at numbers. So my CPA takes care of that. My bookkeeper watches out for that. But at the end of the day, you have to own your numbers because those numbers are the thing, they're, they're the fuel that enables you to be able to deliver your, your amazing gift to the world, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're an artist, if you got no money, you got no art, <laughs> yeah. right? And so you've got to be, pay, you, you have to pay attention to those numbers. You can't just outsource them and cross your fingers and hope that some third party, you know, bookkeeping service or some outsourced CFO or even an internal CFO is watching these things. You've got to own your numbers. Okay. Awesome. So the first mindset type is someone who owns their numbers. Owns their numbers. And and we'll talk about this a little bit more in a second, but there's only four you have to own. Okay. And and those those kind of feed into my second one. In fact, this is a great segue. I call them the critical four. Okay. Okay. There's only four financial metrics that you have to own. Outside of those four, 100%. Let your CPA, your bookkeeper, your CFO worry about the rest. There's four you've got to own, and that's revenue. Everybody knows what revenue is. That's mm-hmm. the money that comes in the door. For all intents and purposes, it's sales, right? Yep. Money in the door. Gross profit. That's the money you know that's left over after you pay for your, your cost of goods. Uh, net profit, which is that bottom line number normally. It's the number that's left after all the expenses are paid. And then the number one most important metric they've got to own is cash. That's how much money is in the bank. So I want hey, I, I, I don't want you to gloss over ahead. those real quick because there's people listening right now. This is a big aha moment for them. So 
Real quickly, sure. let's just make sure they're crystal clear. Revenue, in layman's terms, is the entire amount of money you're bringing in the door. All the sales, all the everything. That's then right. gross profit is that money, the revenue, minus your, what it costs you to create and sell that product. Right. So a simple example, if you, ha- if you sold a car for $100,000, I guess that's an expensive car, but just popped in my mind. So if you sold a car for $100,000, but it cost you... 40,000 to make it, your gross profit so far is 60,000, right? Absolutely. Then your net profit is after the other less direct expenses that it took to get them there, such as team, uh, maybe a Facebook ad, your insurance, all these other things that support the business, but weren't a direct cost like steel or tires. So now you're left with net profit. And then after that is cash. And cash is the true measurement of your cash in hand, which is probably the most important tool you can have, correct? Not most important, but probably it is the most important. Perfect. All right. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, out of all the numbers that exist in the world of finance and accounting, only one is real. All the others are made up numbers on spreadsheets. Yeah. Right. There's only one number that's real and that's cash. And cash is what you use to pay the bills, to keep the lights on, to do all the things that you do. Cash is the only one that'll cause you to go bankrupt. Cash is the only one that's going to, uh, you know, help you reach your big, hairy, audacious goals in life. You know, cat. I love cash is king. Yep. Okay. So I'll repeat it for everybody. The four numbers you must know if you take nothing else away today: revenue, gross profit, net profit, and cash. Right. Nailed it. All right. You cool. got it. All right. Keep going. Sorry about that. Number two. You don't have to be a CPA. You don't have to be a CFO. You don't even have to be good at algebra, but you have to master the basics. Okay, and that's kind of what we were just talking about. Those you've got to master the understanding of those four metrics. And here's the thing: everything you do in business impacts one or more of those four numbers. Mm-hmm. Every decision you make impacts revenue, gross profit, net profit, or cash. Okay, and so what I try to to to, to work with my clients on is: no matter what decision you're making, I want you to at least consider the impact it's going to have. On, on each of those four numbers, make sure you're okay with it. Okay. I was working with a client earlier this week, loves to be generous, loves to give uh, his product out to his clients. And you know, it, he's a healer and likes to do those kinds of things and gives them out. But we were talking about their gross profit. And, and he said, Hey, I mark up all my products 100% from what I pay for them. So I have a 50% gross margin and what we came when looking at the at their books they didn't it was much much lower what we realized is because they're giving away so much product it was causing their margins to go down and so they he didn't realize what impact that was having on the business you know you don't have to worry about you know taxes and that can, it doesn't matter if you're losing money and so i said you know always think through when you're going to give something away when you're going to increase your pricing when you're going to hire somebody how does it impact those critical four numbers? Make sure that you're okay with that. That doesn't need to be the end-all, be-all of the decision, but at least consider it. So I want to really encourage people, master the basics of those four numbers and be able to tell a story for every decision you make around how it's going to impact each of those four and, and make sure you're okay with it. All right. So the first mindset type is uh, the, uh, the, the person who owns their numbers. The second one is the master of the basics, right? Absolutely. All right. What's the third? Third and final, uh, successful entrepreneurs, the ones that have you know, sustained financial success, they like to work backwards. 
And what I mean by that, Chris, is you know, we, we all started a business for a reason, right? We either started it to, uh, to pay our kids college, pay off our house, make 500 grand a year, travel wherever, drive in a $100,000 car, whatever it was, there's no right or wrong answer, but we all started with some kind of a why. But where I think a lot of people get disconnected in the day-to-day grind is they don't know how what they're doing right now and all the energy and all the hard work and blood, sweat, and tears is really driving towards that why. And so what I mean by work backwards is always keep that, that big, hairy, audacious goal in mind, but work backwards through the financials to mm-hmm. understand how much revenue do I have to do this year in order to meet this goal in five years? What do I need to sell this product for, the service for tomorrow so that I can make sure that my business is going to take me you know, to that goal? And, and the magic, the clarity, Chris, that comes with that, when you understand very clearly what it takes you know, to reach this, this goal, you, you think of it kind of like a marketing funnel that you're working backwards through. If I need to make $100,000 profit this year, how much can I spend on marketing? How much do I need to sell? What do my margins need? What is my revenue, gross profit, net profit, and cash need to be to do it? And it gives you a lot of clarity on what you should do, how much you should charge, what can you afford to spend on coaching, all these other things. Um, and, and so it's just a matter of simply working backwards through those critical four numbers relative to your goal. And I see successful entrepreneurs all the time, they can tell you that story. Maybe not in those words, but that they, they're thinking of the big picture and how those micro decisions every day are, are impacting those big goals that they have. All right. So own your numbers, master the basics, and work backwards. It's funny because Lori, Lori and I do so many of these things naturally. Like every year, we choose our numbers, our goals. We work backwards. How, how many um, products is it going to be? How many products do we need to sell of each one? How many customers do we need? And we've never been so attuned with having to work backwards than when we're starting this alcohol company for her, right? Like I call it our first big boy company and people might laugh when they hear that, but there truly is a difference between services that you just do really well selling and truly opening a CPG or a product company where you're raising capital and you have to have five years financials mapped out and all that stuff. That has been one of the most uncomfortable yet awesome lessons for me to learn my way through as we've been you know, developing this very in-depth roadmap to success. It's interesting you say that. One of the one of the uh, more fun conversations we get to have with people is they'll come to us and say, "Hey, we want to go raise. I'll make up a number, half a million dollars." Mm-hmm. And we went and sat in front of the investors, and the first question they said is, "What are you going to use the money for?" And we didn't have a really clear answer for them on what we were going to use the money for. Uh, can you help us? We know conceptually what we want to do. But all it is, Chris, I mean, whether it's $5,000, $500,000, it's just a matter of working backwards. You know, what are you going to do with that? What are your goals with the money? And how do we work backwards from that and put together a plan for the money? Uh, but you don't need to be worried about investors to be thinking about this. If you wanted to have a business that generates $20,000 of profit for mama this month or this mm-hmm. year, it's the same exact process. You know, maybe you're a coach. How much do I need to sell my coaching for? Well, uh, if you want to do $20,000 in sales, you figure out how many you can handle at once and what your effective hourly rate needs to be, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you understand what all that math is, but that's all it is. It's just working backwards through those four critical financial numbers. That's it. How do people get better at this? You know, what, what if they're listening right now and they're like, all right, I'm setting the ego aside. I need some help, but I don't own my numbers. And I definitely have not mastered the basics, you know, the core four numbers I should know. And... 
I've never worked backwards. I just work hard and I hope it adds up to a good number. Where do they even begin? Well, we that's a great question. And we didn't have a good answer for that for a long time, particularly for early stage entrepreneurs. Uh, but my team and I have actually put together a course that we're launching very, very soon called Business Money Made Simple. Thank so freaking if you God. Are willing, okay, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So if you're willing to put the ego aside and you say, I'm ready to stop staying awake at night because of the anxiety over money. I'm tired of the relationship stress with my partner because I'm putting in all these hours, but I don't even know if it's profitable or not. And they're starting to to get upset. If you're ready to start really just kind of owning your business and leveling up and and having a clear direction to move forward, this this program I'm calling Business Money Made Simple is absolutely perfect for you. Great title, dude, Uh, by the way. Like really great title. It literally tells people what it's going to do for them. Yeah, I, and I would love to take all the credit for that, but I have a, a branding genius that I partner with that came up with it. So um, I got to give credit to Chris Jones at Red Door Designs for coming up uh, with that for me. But uh, yeah, so it's a five-week program and we walk you through the mindset stuff that we talked about. We go in deep detail on how to what that mindset looks like and, and exactly how you can own that and apply it to your life. We go through the critical four and along with that, Chris, is you know how do you read a P&L? How do you read a balance sheet? And more importantly, the hell do you do with it once yeah. you've read it? What is it telling you? How do you make better decisions as a result of it? We go through cash and budgets and cash flow forecasts. We help you connect those, those big whys that you have mm-hmm. to those goals that you're going to be working towards this month. Um, and then we have some awesome bonus stuff in there, how to set up an LLC, what, what's an S-corp and what does that really mean? Uh, and, and if it's right for you. So if you want to make that transition, what I call you know making the transition from an amateur to an entrepreneur, business money made simple is the course for you. Okay. This is actually some of the greatest news on the planet. It, impromptu. Awesome. Where can they find it? Go to IamMichaelKing.com forward slash business money made simple. IamMichaelKing.com forward slash business money made simple. I'll put it in show notes, right? So guys, just go to... Uh, our website for loveofmoney.com. Click on this episode, click on the show notes. I promise there'll be a link in there for it. Here's what I like about this. We just got done talking about the fact that there's shame around your numbers. There's shame around not knowing how to read a PL. There's shame in not knowing the core four, but there shouldn't be. So many successful people should be proud of their success despite not graduating college. Like I got booted out of college and I had to learn these things on my own, like through trial and error. Um, so many people have fear around it, shame. You name, This is like a way for them to learn these things kind of in the privacy of their own home without having to raise their hand and say, okay, I've, I feel like a fraud. I've never known these things. Absolutely. Um, and, and the great thing is, just like that day that I was at the Rachel Hollis event and I saw 4,000 of my closest friends stand up and, and recognize it, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. right? This isn't a thing that, that you're alone in. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of comfort in knowing that, 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 you know, when you look at the, the percentage of small businesses, Chris, that fail in the first, you know, four or five years, um, would you rather stand up and say, Hey, I need help with my financials or and admit that, or would you rather have to stand up in a couple of years and say, I need a job because I went bankrupt in my business and now, you know, I've, I've got to do that. So, um, it, it's, it's not a, a shameful thing. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't born knowing this stuff. I didn't know it either. I'm not a, I didn't go to school to learn this stuff. This is stuff that just like these other business owners that struggle with it, I realized I didn't know it. And I set out to become an expert on it and then realized other people need to know this too. And I teach it now. Let's let's teach. Let's do some teaching right now. Are you down? 
Let's do it. I want I'm everyone down. to leave this episode like empowered and feeling like a little bit of a beginner financial genius. So my the the next thing I want to ask you then is I remember you teaching. Uh, I saw I got to see you teach this live. This story or this example, I don't know what to call it, this parable <laughs> about somebody who was concentrating on profit profitability, but not cash flow. And in the end, cash flow could be more important than profitability. And this might rock some people's world. It's like, what are you talking about? Profit is the end all and be all, right? Like, as long as it costs me less to be in business than what I'm making, that's the goal. So explain or tell this story or however you want to educate the listeners, because it totally resonated with me. The difference between cash flow and profitability and why cash flow would be more important. I know exactly the story you're talking about. And uh, before I get into the details of the parable, I like the way you put that. Let me start by saying the the woman I'm going to tell you about in this parable is a CPA. Okay. Oh, so someone who should know their numbers. A CPA should know this. Okay. CPA went and, and had a client that said, hey, I'm looking to sell my business. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm upside down. I've got, you know, a bunch of debt and stuff in the business. Do you know anybody that would be interested in buying it? Well, the CPA looked at the financials and said, you know, I bet if I bought this business, I could turn it around. I have enough capital, you know, personal money. I could pay off the debt. And I think I could take this business. They were doing roughly $400,000 a year in revenue at the time. She said, I bet I could take this thing to $10 million. And so this CPA purchased her client's business. Just like she thought she would, she paid off the debt, got the books clean, and it was in the con- concrete. It was a re- uh, industrial concrete, so building you know big skyscrapers and stuff. And so she she does exactly what she says she's going to do. She goes out there and and she starts getting all these new jobs, right? And she's hiring people and hiring people and getting more jobs and getting more jobs. And uh, in the course of eighteen months, was bankrupt. So let me tell you what happened. Uh, everything was great. On the PL, but the balance sheet was what killed her. And so, how does that work, Chris? Well, what she learned is she would go and get these, these big jobs and she would have to buy concrete. She would have to hire temporary labor to go and do the work, right? And so, she's paying a lot of cash out to get the work done. However, based on her industry norms, her clients wouldn't reimburse her for that work for sometimes up to 180 days. Very common in that industry. Did the work now, didn't get paid for six months, but had to front the materials. Had to front the materials and the labor and all of the things. And it was because of her rapid growth that she ultimately lost the business because there was so many bills, so much cash going out the door to pay for the concrete and the trucks and the temporary labor and all these things. She wasn't getting cash. So she was having to write checks, Chris, from her personal bank account to pay for all these bills that were coming in. And she never stopped and, and or even slowed down to say, when am I going to get this money back? And, and she lost the, the company and almost personally went bankrupt as well. Jeez. So the, the company went over and she almost went bankrupt as well. And so this is a very real problem that even you know a CPA, somebody like you said, they quote unquote should know this stuff can mess up. It's 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 an easy thing to lose sight of if you're not watching it very, very closely and thinking again, that funnel we talked about, yep. think about that end goal and work backwards through it. And she, if she had done that, she would have realized if she thought through revenue, gross profit, net profit, and cash, that at this point, she'd run out of cash. 
So Mike, this is like an example of once in a while we'll hear stories of somebody's business grew too quickly and that's why they went out of business. And you hear that and you think, how the hell is that possible? That makes no sense. That's, that's a problem everybody would pray for. And that's a perfect example is if you don't understand cash flow more than profitability, because sure, had she had enough cash in the long run, this would have been very profitable. But in the short run, because she didn't get paid for six months after starting a job sometimes and had to go buy more materials, more trucks, more everything, because she was landing all these contracts, it put her out of business. It's, in, it's insane because we don't ever think about that scenario. We as the average entrepreneur. We don't. And it's, it's a little bit like a drug. You know, when you think, you know, look how fast my business is growing. You yeah. got the dopamine every time you look at your bank account or your P&L and you see the, the big numbers there. And, you know, when we, we talk with our friends at masterminds or, mm-hmm. you know, over, over beers or whatever, it becomes a competition. we always talk about it is right. And even if it's just with ourselves, you know, it's how can I do better this month? But we always talk about, you know, how revenue is doing. How's your business doing? Oh, sales are up 30%. Everyone we brags about top line, dude. <laughs> Oh my God, all the time. Can I just jump in real quick, by the way? I see so many people leading with, I sold a $50 million company. I sold a $100 million company. I'm going to give you all the advice. And what people think is, oh my God, they have 100 million. Oh my God, they have 50 million. No, they might've owned freaking 5% of that company by the time they're done raising capital, or they might've sold it in a fire sale and collected 5 million or 2.5 million or nothing. But they're out there leading with that top line number. Here's what my company was valued at, my valuation, or here's what our revenue was in our peak year. So people got to really be aware of who they follow and what they listen to. Here's a great thing, that, a great saying that I like to remember from time to time. Revenue is vanity. Mm-hmm. Profit is sanity. But cash is king. And let me just real quick break down what that That's means good. to me. Okay, revenue is vanity. We just talked about all the ways that revenue is vanity. It's a little bit like Instagram followers or likes. Yes. Yep. Okay. You know, somebody says, I have a million followers. Well, congratulations. How much business did that translate into? Well, none. Well, all of a sudden, I don't really care anymore that you have a million followers. I know a right? lot of people vanity. like that, by the way. I know a lot of people like that too, right? <laughs> it's not me. I have, I have literally dozens of followers, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so revenue is vanity. But profit is sanity. And so what we mean by profit is sanity, profit tells you how efficient your business machine is, okay? Are the goes-ins worth the goes-outs? What mm-hmm. you're putting into it, is, is there anything left over to make it worthwhile at the end of the day, okay? So profit is that sanity check to let you know if the business is even worth it or not. But again, cash is king. The only number in all of the financial world that's real, that exists, that you can touch, hold, and feel is cash. Cash is what pays the bills. Cash is what keeps you from going bankrupt. You know, cash, cash is king for those reasons. So it's good to remind yourself of that. You know, when you get caught up in that dopamine rush from thinking how good sales are this year, just do that quick check. Revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. But cash is king. Yeah, you need to change that to cash is Mike King. Okay. I, I could probably trademark it right? if I changed it to... Custom to your name, bro. Cash is Mike. Exactly. All right. There you Um, go. So now that we're talking about cash flow, talk to us or like teach us about basic cash flow. And I want you to teach the most, let's say, common entrepreneur listening, the solopreneur, or maybe they have one to two team members, but they really are a coach or a podcaster or um, a network marketer or something like that. What should their basic cash flow setup look like? Listen, man, you know, we were talking earlier about a mutual client of ours 
that, that I helped get some stuff put in place. And this is exactly where I started with her. This is what I'm about to lay out for you. Uh, she is doing almost six figures a month a now. Month. She's crushing and we, it. And we still do the same thing. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, this was when she was making $5,000 a month, we did this. She's doing almost $100,000 a month. We still do it. Okay. I say that. So this is good for any size business. Okay. The number one thing for, as far as cash is to make a very basic cash flow forecast. Well, okay. That sounds great. How the hell do I do that? Yeah. How do I okay. know it's coming in? <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a pretty simple process. Uh, set up a basic spreadsheet. In fact, I have a free template on my website for this. And uh, I should probably give out the give the link for that too. But if you yeah, just go to I am Michael King, go to I am Michael King.com, scroll to the bottom and you'll see the free cash flow calculator tool. It's a, a spreadsheet that I've made and a video that explains how to do it. Hold um, on. I want to reinforce works. this. I, everyone needs to go there. I am Michael King.com, scroll to the bottom, click on the cash flow calculator. This is like literally exactly. free advice, what he's about to teach you to set up. Absolutely. So you go and get this, this spreadsheet and all it's doing, Chris, is it, I say at a minimum, you should look ahead six weeks with your cash. You know, there's a lot of people that say to look ahead, you know, three months, six months, a year. That's really, really hard if you're just getting started. But just about everybody can accurately predict the next six weeks. And what I do is I say, list week by week, you know, week one, two, three, four, five, six. What money are you pretty confident is coming into your business? And just list out by month, or I'm sorry, by week, the money you think's coming in. Okay. Now, I know I sent you an invoice, Chris, and you normally pay me on time. That invoice is due next week. So I'll put $500 from Chris Harder next week. This week, I know I've got you know money coming in from Acme Inc. It's $1,000 from a consulting client. But just lay out by week. That was those for six weeks, the money that you're, I'll say 80% or sure is going to come in that week. Okay. Easy peasy. Okay. Again, you're looking for directional correctness, not accuracy. All right. So and, just, get, so just like, understand. If someone has a launch coming up, right? They're about to launch their e, their e course. And they know on a bad day, they're going to sell $20,000 worth. Their goal is 50,000. Do they put the 20 or the 50 or somewhere in between? I like to be conservative. I like to know what's the worst case scenario. Okay. So I would put the 20 because at the end of the day, what you want to make sure is you never run out of cash. Yeah. Right. So if you know 20 is the, the lowest number you're going to get, you'll, you know, it'll be for sure higher than just go with $20,000. Now, I want to caution you this isn't invoiced amounts. You're not going to send an invoice out. I don't want you to put invoices sent out. I want to put you cash that you know is going to come into the bank. Yes. Big difference. Big difference, okay? So cash money that you know is going to come in the bank, you do that for six weeks. Step two, go and look at your last three or four bank statements. And I want you to list out by week the expenses that you know are going to come out of your bank account each week over the next six weeks. There's an important nuance in there I want to make sure everybody gets. Go and get your bank statements mm-hmm. and look. If you have a really good ironclad you know, QuickBooks, then you can use your P&L. But I want you to look at your bank statement if you don't. And here's why. We forget a lot of those kind of recurring subscriptions that come up. Totally. I've got, I've got $100 for Adobe Premiere. I've got $29 for Canva. I've got all these. It can so nickel and dime us to death and we don't realize it. Absolutely. You know, we did a lot of free webinars, Chris, when, when you know, the pandemic hit. And one of the first things that I told my clients was, go and review all of these bank statements in your PLs to look for these subscriptions. I had I no kidding had a client had like six hundred something dollars 
that he found over six months in subscriptions he forgot about. He's an, he's an attorney. Month. He's an attorney, you know, and he just he lost track. He's in startup mode and he'd subscribe to this to tell you know, I wanna Dang. I wanna try this out and see if I need it or I'm thinking about starting a podcast, so I'm going to sign up for these different apps. And you just kind of lose sight of it because of all the, the grind right. every day. So it can absolutely, and I recommend, I do this myself, you know, every year or twice a year, I do a deep dive and make sure that I very clearly know what I'm subscribed to. In fact, even in QuickBooks now, I have an earmark for subscriptions so I can run a report to remind me. Um, but back to the, the cash flow forecast. So you've got your, the money that's coming in, you subtract the money that's going out. And you, you know, every single week you say, all right, my bank account balance right now is $10,000. I've got $3,000 coming in, $1,500 going out. This is how much money should be in my bank account at the end of the week. You do that for the next six weeks. And what that does for you, Chris, other than come up with a beautiful spreadsheet, and I love beautiful spreadsheets, but it helps inform you on what you can and can't afford to do over the coming weeks. Mm, smart. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been grinding hard through COVID. I want to pay myself an extra $1,000. I don't know if I can afford to do that. Yep. You look, you look at the spreadsheet and you see how low is your bank account projected to get. And on, the, on that free tool that I talked about, Chris, I have it all set up with formulas and it'll make it red if you get too low and, and those kind of things to kind of help you think through it. Uh, but that's the basics of it. And, and again, that, that entrepreneur that we both know... You know, hundred thousand dollars a month now, and we're still doing it. Hey, I want to go. I want to go hire somebody new. How much can I afford to pay them? The first thing we do is we go look at that forecast and see if it makes sense. The second thing we do is go through revenue, gross profit, net profit, and cash. And now here's the cool part: is I get a text message from her now. Hey, I was thinking about doing this. I have the cash to do it, and revenue should be impacted like this: gross profit and net profit. Let me know if I've missed anything here. If not, I'm going to go ahead and do this. It's such an empowering thing to see, you know, just that, that she's got those tools to, to run her business. And, and I mean, I don't want to, she owes, gets all the credit for this, but to watch as she's been more deliberate about thinking about these yeah. things, how her business has skyrocketed. You know, it's so important. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially the solopreneurs, they lose sight of this. You can't scale very far without a team. Mm -hmm. You've got to have people around you, whether they're subcontractors or employers or employees. And, and to have that confidence that you can afford to hire somebody, I mean, it just changes the game. Yeah. It lets you know, like, you can start building that team now. And because she's building her team, her revenue skyrocketing. Dude, this and is, her profit and her cash. This is gold, no pun intended, but like, this is gold for everybody listening right now. Um, we only have a few minutes left. And I, there's something really important I want to talk about, and that's generosity. Uh, I, and by the way, I have about seven or eight more questions that I wanted to ask you that I literally didn't get to. So if people have more questions, uh, because we're in this learning frenzy right now, how can they reach out to you? Well, I have, again, dozens of Instagram followers. I would love to have dozens more. So they can follow <laughs> me on Instagram at i.am.michael.king. Okay. And if you would put that in the show notes as well, that would yep. be great. Um, and also on Facebook is, is another one. And if you have any questions, you're struggling with this, if you've got that anxiety, the fear, the shame, relationship issues, just email me, you know, just email me and, and me or somebody on my team will reach out and you can, you can reach me at Michael at I am Michael King.com. Michael at I am Michael King.com. Thank you for, for making yourself available like this. Okay. So I want to talk generosity. 
Most Let's entrepreneurs who listen to this show are also into generosity or they wouldn't be listening. Like that's the ethos of the show. But a common question that I get, and I even heard you reference this a few times when you're giving examples earlier. Common question I get is they don't know how much to give. Like, are they giving too much? Are they giving too little? How did they build it into their, their business plan safely? Do you have any advice on how we know how much we should be giving when we're generous people? How much should you be giving? And Just to not, make sure I'm not clear even on that. Should more like how much is safe to be giving? Is it ten percent of our gross, ten percent of our net? Is it, you know, how do we determine we want to give a million dollars, but you know we should only be giving two fifty or something like that? How do we determine that? Is there a formula? Boy, you did put me on the spot with that one. I think it depends. Um, it depends on on your priorities and and what you're trying to do. But uh, while I don't know the answer how much someone should give, I can tell you how I think through how much I give. And, and so we lay out as part of our goal setting each year, you know, one of our core values is generosity. We love to give stuff away. You know, we do a lot of live you know, Q&A. Like I have a private Facebook group for my, my members. Every single Thursday, we go live and do Q&As. And anybody that asks a question live, they get a book, right? They get a membership to something, whatever. But we have a budget that we set for that. And I look and say, okay, what percentage of profits do we want to have for giveaways for our audience? What percentage of profits do we want to have for giveaways for nonprofits? I'm on a board of, a, of the North Texas Military Foundation. I love to support that through my business. I love the Rotary Club. So this, it's just a deliberate kind of thing. But again, all things go through the lens of revenue, gross profit, net profit, and cash. How much do I want to give away? How does that impact profitability and cash? Is there if, any, if I'm going to do it through my business. Is there any benefit to me writing a check to a charity as Chris Harder versus writing a check from one of my companies to that charity? Well, that depends a lot on the type of company, the type of entity you have, and a lot of other variables. Um, I would, If you are a sole proprietor or an LLC that doesn't have an S-corp election, probably not. It probably would just it would be you know same, same. Um, when you start getting into C corps and some more complex business entities, there's definitely a difference between the two. I would encourage people to talk to their tax accountant to find out, uh, you know, what makes the most sense for their particular tax situation and their particular goals. We have all S corps other than uh, Lori's Alcohol Company, which is obviously a C corp because it's you know being built to sell. So, um, should we be giving most of our giving from the S corps or from Chris and Lori? Well, I feel very uh, accountant-ish or lawyer. Yeah, you don't have to answer if you don't want. Well, no, it's not that I want to answer. It just depends, right? Because a lot of it depends on your personal tax situation. Are you trying to uh, reduce your your personal tax obligation, you know, for Chris Harder, the person? Or do you have some other reasons that you're trying trying to offset uh, gains from your business? So it really just kind of depends. And I don't want to throw out a a BS answer answer. uh, and, and steer you wrong. Uh, but I also will all day long uh, admit when I don't know for sure, I would defer to Carlos, who's on my team. He is a CPA and he's a tax genius. I'd rather just ask him and, and I'll get back to you, Chris, and let you know what he says. Because <laughs> uh, again, at the end of the day, my specialty and my gift is on the stuff we talked about earlier, not tax mitigation strategies. But that's why I have a team. Yeah. You know, So I'll, I'll just raise my hand and say, I don't know the details on, on how to do that best, but I do know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. Listen, you've given us so much freaking awesome knowledge. This is the end all be all show to make people comfortable with, you know, starting to face and starting to understand 
even the core four, right? Revenue, gross profit, net profit, and cash flow. Um, this has been wildly valuable. And I always close this thing out with the same question, everybody. I'm anxious to hear what your answer is. And that is this. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success? I think success is different for everybody, Chris. So I would encourage people, as a precursor to that answer, really sit down and do some soul searching and figure out what success means to you. Okay? What success is to you might not be what success is for me. Success for me might have a dollar amount associated with it. It might be serving a a particular number of people in the world. It might be healing people. It might be getting that $100,000 car. There's no wrong answer, but I really would encourage people to to go through that self-discovery and see if they can't articulate for themselves what success is. Mm, I love that. Once you've done that, then just go get it. That's why we're here. Whatever you think success is, uh, go go after it, you know. And if you put the work in, I, I'm not one of those people that believes everybody deserves success. Mm-hmm. I believe the people that put the work in deserve success. Me too. And and if your success metric is something that you're willing to work for, then then go get it. And and don't apologize to anybody for that. You know, that's that's your thing. That's why you're here. That's your purpose. Go after it, man. I love it. Don't apologize for the carrot that leads you, that motivates you. Hey, listen, buddy, you have absolutely crushed it. Um, the knowledge you shared, the tips you shared, the education you shared, all the resources, come on, the free cash flow calculator, the course coming up, all this stuff, by the way, we'll throw all that in show notes. This has really been a gift that you've given everybody. So on behalf of the listeners and on behalf of me, I just want to give you the most sincere, heartfelt thank you for giving up a very expensive, valuable hour of your time and educating all of us. It was absolutely my privilege to be here, Chris. And, uh, Maybe we can do it again sometime since you have seven or eight other questions to ask. Yes, for sure. Okay, we will do a follow-up. Maybe, okay, here's what I want. I want everyone listening to tag you and tag me on Instagram with the questions they have that we didn't answer and we'll collect them. We'll do a follow-up. Sound good? Love it. All right, my man. Thanks for being on. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.